Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. We all want to be blessed, and we all want to be a blessing to others. That's where money management comes into play. Uh, there's a great scripture that I like in Ecclesiastes. You know, when uh, Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, you know, he was kind of, you know, kind of floating back and forth about, you know, what he believed and things of that nature. But it's some great scripture in Ecclesiastes. I don't have it on the board, but uh, it's Ecclesiastes 10, 19. And yes, Brother Jim, it is in New King James Version. Amen. <laughs> and it says this simply, a feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry. But money answers all things. I remember when I saw that scripture, I said, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that was in there, Lord. But it's so true. You know, all of us love to come together for where there's food, you know, and the feast together. You know, you think of, you know, even times like these under COVID, you know, Thanksgiving and things of that nature. Uh, we love as family to come together or friends or whatever the situation is. We love to come together and it does make us very happy and we, there's a lot of laughter going on around. And uh, of course, wine does make individuals merry, makes them merry. Praise God. Now, I won't go too deep in that, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, it does make us merry. Amen. Nothing wrong with, with wine. Amen. But um, too much. Definite problem. Definite problem. But money answers all things. <laughs> we need those resources. That's like this church. We thank God for all of you who uh, come here and, and give your tithe and offering. Because if you had not done so, we would not have been able to put a roof on this building. Uh, you know, if you, even, even this great and mighty powerful elder, if you'd asked me on January 1 that we're going to have a brand new roof on this church this year, this year, to the tune of almost $30,000, I would have said, okay. <laughs> but praise the Lord, but because of you being generous, it is done. God evaluates us as servants using his resources, not as owners using our own money and resources. Now, this is a continuation of what Brother Eldon talked last week. Uh, so, you know, again, you need to get in all of these messages because they really run all together. Okay. And, uh, but God evaluates us as servants using his resources. I have learned that as a child of God, I don't own a thing, nothing. Then don't came into this world without anything and leave also, but God owns everything. And I'm so glad that he puts a deposit in our hands that we can use for good, for good, not for evil, but for good. And, and Brother Eldon uh, touched on that, talking about we are stewards, we own nothing, everything belongs to God. And, uh, but the question is, how well do we put to use those things that God puts in our hands? That is the question. First, and this scripture as well, 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Moreover, it is required that stewards be found faithful. Uh, Brother Eldon found, he 
quoted that last week to you. Uh, there's nothing like having this, these resources and monies in your hands and you not being a good steward over them. And a, being a good steward means that you're faithful because we know who's truly faithful. God is. He never misses a step. So he wants us also to be good stewards of those things that he puts in our hands. Secondarily, since all we do should glorify his name and extend his work on earth, how we go about using his money is crucial. Okay? It's crucial how we use the money, the resources that God puts into our hands. Because all we receive should be used to give glory and honor to our Father above. We need to get that in our spirit. All of it, everything that he gives us is to glorify him. I have a great scripture that um, I read from time to time. I think I got it posted at the house somewhere. Revelations chapter 4, verse 11 says this. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created by his will. And I like the old King James because it says, for thy pleasure they are and were created for the pleasure of God. And uh, the setting for this particular scripture is a, a meeting in heaven. You know, John wrote it in Revelations how the, you know, the elders that are around the Lord and that's what the elders said to him, that he's worthy. So the Lord is always receiving praise, glory, and honor, always. But, you know, for his pleasure, though, you were created. Hallelujah. Think about that. For his pleasure. Amen. That's why once we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we had the opportunity to give praise and glory and honor to the Lord for all that he's he done, he has done for us. Amen. Uh, number three, it's all about the quality of financial management, not the quantity of the finances management. In other words, it's not about how much money you have, uh, but what you do with what you have. Okay. Uh, all of us throughout this building, those of you online, we all have a certain amount of monies and resources at our disposal. And they may vary, but it's not so much those differences that's important. It's really what you do, again, with what God puts in, your, puts in your hand. Because we also know the scripture talks about the fact that, you know, you can have a little, but if, you're, if you guard over that and are faithful with it, the Lord will increase it. Amen? It will increase because you're faithful over what he's put in your hands. Amen? It's just a wonderful thing to know that um, what you have, you don't have to have... Rockefeller money or some other rich person money, which is all right. Praise God if you do. Um, but if you have whatever the Lord has put in your hand, use that to his glory. Be a good steward over it. Okay. Now we have examples, of course, in the Bible that um, talk about this. The, the prodigal son, I picked out the prodigal son because we know the story about the prodigal son. He, he asked his father, no, come on, dad. You know, hand over my portion, my inheritance, in other words. And, and you know, we know what he did with it. He went out and he wasted some of it. No, he wasted all of it and found himself in the pig pen trying to work in the pig pen. So he wasted all. 
the prodigal did. And then, of course, Elvin touched on it as well, the, the parable of the talents about the master that went away and he left one with five talents, one with two, and with, one with one. And we know that two of those guys, the one with the five and with the two, they doubled all. See, they doubled all. The prodigal wasted all. But these two guys, they doubled all. But what about the one, the other fellow? We know what he did. He went and actually buried his and, and, and thought he was doing something by presenting that one to his master. So he hid all his. He hid all. He didn't double all. He hid all. And uh, that which he had was taken from him, given to the guy that had the five, you know, because uh, he was faithful. And uh, so, again, what's in your hands and how will you use it? Amen. And of course, there's the widow that Jesus saw, you know, paying her tribute. Well, how much did she, how much did she give? She gave all. She gave all she had. You know, she, she could have said, well, under my circumstances, you know, I mean, uh, this is all I have. And, you know, why should I go and pay, you know, the, the actual, you know, last of the monies I have? Why should I do that? Well, she was faithful. So she gave it all. And, and Jesus acknowledged that when he was talking to those with him about what this widow had done. So, again, we want to be faithful over what God has put in our hands. I know we all want to save and, and um, you know, rainy day and all those kind of things, but uh, keep in mind, we want to be faithful to God for everything we do. So it really boils down to what I just discussed with you, really boils down to, again, Eldon, I'm stepping on your, on your message again, character. It's all about your character, okay? Character. Uh, what, how's, how's your character? Now, do you have integrity? Do you have humility? Do you have honesty? Are you committed? You know, those are the things that the Lord is looking for us to do. And why shouldn't he? He gave it all. He, he gives us. We had nothing. And he has given to us in our hands. So be faithful. And also keep in mind that I don't, I don't, I'm not uh, speaking any common condemnation to anyone because there is no condemnation to you if you're in Christ Jesus, just so you know. Okay? So don't, don't get confused. Oh, uh, no. There is no condemnation. And the best time to do anything uh, that is good and right, if you haven't been doing it, start now. That's, that's the best time. We know that. So in our lesson today, managing our resources wisely, one of the things when I was looking at this lesson, I realized that one of the key things you need is wisdom. You need wisdom, saints. Uh, and we know there's only one source for wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. So you need some understanding with that wisdom. And uh, I like what the uh, Living Bible uses for understanding, calls it common sense, judgment, okay? And uh, also the Amplified even goes a little further and talks about, calls it spiritual discernment, uh, mature comprehension, okay? It also calls it logical interpretation, uh, again, things for understanding. And then lastly, the Good News Bible says insight. We need insight so that, that way we can truly do those things that God wants us to do. Proverbs 9.10 says this, and we are very familiar with it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So I'm here today to tell you 
that uh, when it comes to the Lord and reverence for Him, the best way that you can uh, truly know what the Lord values is to know His Son. Not only to know His Son, but to know how much God loves His Son, Jesus. Because when you seek out how much God loves His Son, Jesus, whew, you realize how much He loves you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And how good He truly is truly is. So the solution, see, we could almost end it here. Almost. The solution to all money problems is to have the wisdom of God. Uh, husband and wives working together. Working together. Um, one of you may be good at uh, the numbers and crunching them and all that kind of thing. The other maybe not. But you still got to work together. <laughs> husband, I'm talking to the husband and wives. You, you single folks, you know, when you do get married, if you choose to, you know, you already got it. You know what to do now. But for those of us who are work together, amen, it, it just works so much better. James 1.5 states this, if any of you lack wisdom, ask it of God, because God's the one that has the wisdom. So let us ask it of him. And the Amplified Version says, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God, who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given. Isn't God a, I mean, isn't God a great God? I mean, he's going to give it to you, not only give it to you, but he's going to give it to you generously, liberally. Amen. All we got to do is really ask him. Now, we know that the Lord knows us. <laughs> he's the father, creator, so he, he knows us. And yet, when we come to him generously, liberally, He'll give to you, okay? So with that, make wisdom your priority. Number one priority. Get, get that wisdom, and it'll help you in your walk with the Lord, especially handling your finances, okay? Management is a discipline. Uh, and that's defined, management is defined, or discipline is defined as a code of behavior or a way of life. And we hear discipline all the time. Uh, we discipline our children. Uh, we're disciples of Christ, you know, and uh, so when it comes to discipline, it's, it's a code of behavior. It's a way of doing things. And, and we as Christians, of course, want to do the things the way of the Lord. And truly, the only way you can know how to do that is with the word of God. I mean, he laid it out for you, uh, you know, right there in print or on your electronic device. You know, he's made it possible for you to know what it is that he would like for you to do. Uh, identifying the problems. I had to read this one more time because it, it runs through the theme of all of these messages. And that is, if you have a desire to give but have nothing to give, you have a money problem. We all know that, right? If you have no desire to give and no desire for biblical management for any part of your life, you have a heart problem. Oops, sorry. You have a heart problem. <laughs> you need to be Saved, you need to be, you need to go talk to the elders. You need to, you know, you need to start praying quick, you know, if you already know the Lord. You know, if you, for some reason you won't, but I know, praise the Lord, those of us at Life Church, you know, we have those great hearts and we love the Lord. So we give and we put a new roof on our building. Praise the Lord. If you have a desire to give, thirdly, if you have a desire to give, but have tied up all your resources and cannot give, then you have a management problem, okay? Um, I've been there 
I can say many times, well, I've been there. <laughs> More times than I should have. Okay? More times than I should have, I've had a management problem with my monies. Um, and it's sad to say, you know, when I, when I, test, I like to testify the fact that uh, standing before you, uh, when I was a young lad, I graduated from uh, Virginia Tech uh, in Blacksburg, Virginia, and I had a marketing management degree. Marketing management degree. So I was a business major in management. <laughs> so have I ever had a problem with managing my money? Uh, me and Mrs. Carter has a laugh over this many, many times because I, I said, Lord, I guess I, I guess I just didn't get it when I was even in the classroom. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had a problem, obviously, with my money. But again, God is able. And if you keep living, hallelujah. Because, you, you know, he's not ready for you to go to heaven yet. So you keep living. He, he wants to teach you how to handle that which he puts into your hand. So God uses money to teach us. There's like eight things, and I'm going to run through them real quick. Um, because again, I'm on my, I'm on my timer. Pray to the Lord. I'll run through them real quick. Eight things that God uses. And we don't have them on the screen, so, so try to listen uh, as attentively as you can. Number one, to establish a dependence on the Lord and to trust Him. That's one of the reasons why He uses money to teach us. To establish a dependence on the Lord and to trust Him. Uh, second to that is to develop a spirit of gratefulness and contentment. Again, whatever the Lord blesses you with, learn to be grateful for that and be content in your life with that. Uh, it, it just really makes no sense to uh, be ungrateful and not be satisfied from the standpoint that, you know, you, you, you're saying things with your mouth that you shouldn't be saying. It's another thing to want to do more, but the Lord always, always showed you how you could get more if you, if you truly uh, ask him. Okay, in wisdom. But uh, number three, here's one you all like, to teach us to live within our means. To live within our means. Again, this, uh, this great uh, student of, that graduated in marketing management, um, sometimes I have to admit, you know, using pastor's words, I have to be transparent. I didn't really do this very well sometimes. You know, I said, well, I said, Carol, Christmas is coming, you know, we, and, you know, we got to, <laughs> you know, we got to go all out, dude. We, these boys, you know, they're not expecting, you know, you know, empty gifts under the tree. They, they won't, you know, so, so sometimes, you know, I would do things that were dumb, you know, living out of my means instead of, you know, maybe having her to make something or whatever the case may be uh, or find a different way. But, it's, but that's, that's the number one thing as Christians, remember, Live within your means. It's really for everybody, but I'm talking to Christians. Live within your means. You'll be amazed what happens when you live within your means, you know, and how you'll be able to take care of your debt, how you'll be able to be a blessing when, when a need comes uh, or a call is made to bless somebody or give money toward whatever situation may be. You'll be amazed how many times you'll be able to do that. Uh, number four, to help us enjoy our life, possessions, and blessings. That's, you know, again, that's another reason why God uses money to teach us. And who doesn't like to enjoy? I think uh, Pastor and uh, Pastor Mike and Pastor D, um, they were on, looked like they were wherever they were. I thought I saw a palm tree. Uh, so so they're, uh, they're wherever they are 
I like to be there. But anyway, um, we all like to enjoy our life, our possessions, and our blessings. And there's nothing wrong with, with that. Uh, but we also recognize we're children of the Most High. So we also want to bless others as well. But number five is to give us direction by having or not having sufficient resources. We need direction. Uh, you know, it's usually when you have a lot of money, um, you do a lot of stuff. <laughs> when you have little money, you're wondering where you can get some money to do some more stuff. But uh, again, God uses money to help teach us. And number six, to determine who is the Lord of our life, which is very, very important. Uh, he uses it to, term, to, or to determine who is the Lord of our life. Who is the Lord of our life? The Lord God Almighty is the Lord of our life, you know, and we have access to him because of him gifting, gifting to us his son, Jesus, because he gave us Jesus. We have access to the father is that wonderful. And we should put nothing ahead of him or nothing is to be. We know to be a God ahead of our God. Nothing. OK. Uh, also, number seven, to manifest his supernatural power to us. Uh, how many times did the Lord just, boom, drop something in on you? You had no clue that it was coming. And uh, you wonder how in the world it got here. But, uh, you, you know, use the supernatural power to step in because we are, his, again, we are his children and he loves us. And then finally, to, to deliver us from wrong motives and attitudes. Uh, very, very important that uh, we need to, uh, when it comes to money, uh, having the wrong attitude and the wrong motives uh, really is um, not a good thing. And you're really going somewhere to cause somebody pain when you have the wrong or, or yourself, the wrong motive and the wrong attitude. Uh, quickly, a verse in Proverbs 28 says this, 2020, a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. And verse 22, a little down from that, says this. He that has to be rich hath an, eye, hath an evil eye and considers not that poverty shall come upon him. So um, if you become rich, praise the Lord. You have a lot of resources at your disposal that you can use for the kingdom, God's kingdom. Not there with the kingdom. Not the earthly kingdom, but God's kingdom, even though you know, you, you know you're know, you helping people who are currently here on this earth, okay? Um, we always want to be able to do that. Praise God. So what is financial freedom? I think those of us who have um, kind of reached retirement has an inclination of what financial freedom is. Those of, those of you who are debt-free, have an inkling. You know, as I said, you, I'm not there yet, but you, praise God. Those are things that are great, but, but in and of themselves, those things don't really mean anything if your goal is just to be unto yourself. So if it's just unto you, then does that mean you're not able to help someone else that really is in need or whatever the case may be? Of course not. We know as Christians, we do want to do that. So again, we want the financial freedom, but we also want to be in a position. We use that freedom to be able to help another up. 
you know, uh, help somebody else up out of the barrel, you know, that's down. Help somebody else up. Praise God. So be financially free to be more of a blessing to others. Our focus should be on others and not always on ourselves. I had a good friend that uh, I just come to this church many years ago. Many of you know him. Of course, his mother, Pat Sin, still comes to our church, and his name is Chad Spencer. And uh, Chad, uh, oh, he made a statement to me one day, and, uh, and I've, I've kept that statement. And his statement basically was, I get accumulation for distribution. You know, Chad, you know, he told me that I, that, that stuck with me over these years. He told me that I know it's been 15 plus years that he told me that. But we accumulate, again, the things that God gives us, we accumulate so we're in a better position to distribute where the need is. Amen. That's, that's our heart is to be able to do that. So as we receive, we want to have prosperity with a purpose. We want a purpose behind our prosperity. Are we thankful to God for it? Absolutely. But we want a purpose. We want to use that which God has blessed us with to be in a position to help others. All right. This one's on the screen. Luke's chapter 12. This is the story about the parable of the rich man, which I'm sure every person in this room has read, even the young people. Uh, Luke's 12, 17 through 19. Thanks, Sister Beth. <clears throat> And he thought within himself, talking about that rich man, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to, to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Hallelujah. Mm, my goodness. He was, he was really feeling it. And uh, as you can see, there's something that's highlighted throughout that. You, you see those eyes? Yeah. Um, because, again, you know, I'm not going to beat up that guy because, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't do as I'm supposed to do. But he focused on himself. And even though this is the parable that Jesus is telling others about this guy, uh, I found this scripture that I wish this guy, this rich man, that he could have read this first. Then he didn't know what to do. And it's in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. And it says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats, your tanks, will be bursting with wine. So I wish this guy could have read that, but anyway, but that shows the opposite from the standpoint. That's how we should think in Proverbs as we are blessed. We are blessed when we bring honor to the Lord God. Amen. Always remember, for his pleasure, that's why you are and were created. Amen. So as we honor the Lord with our wealth, he just gives you more. Isn't that wonderful? He gives you more. People are wondering, like, how do I get more? How do I get more? 
Love the Lord. Well, accept Christ as your Savior. Love the Lord and honor Him. Amen. All right. There was a guy that, um, he was a real estate developer and uh, a landlord in New York. Uh, he was a rich man also, and um, true story, in the early 20s, um, 1920s, his name was John G. Wendell. John G. Wendell. And uh, I read the, uh, about him in this lesson, and then I even looked him up, you know, and sure enough, they matched up. So John G. Wendell and his sisters, he had sisters, uh, received a huge inheritance from their parents, but spent little, keeping all they could. John was able to influence five, get this, five, of his six, six sisters never to marry. Hmm. And they lived in the same house in New York City for 50 years. When the last sister died in 1931, her estate was valued at more than $100 million. Her only dress was one that she had made herself, and she had worn it for 25 years. Whew, she stretched that dress out. Praise the Lord. The Wendells had such a compulsion to hold on to their possessions that they lived like paupers. That's how they lived, even though they were rich. Even worse, they were like the kind of person Jesus referred to who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And again, these were the Wendells, and they were, they were uh, real estate developers in New York and landlords of a lot of property. And uh, they didn't get the message. So obviously they may not have accepted Christ as their personal savior, because if they had, they would recognize that they could honor God and make really good use of those monies that they had accrued. And the Lord would have given more because <laughs> he would have continued to bless their business. Okay. So Ecclesiastes chapter five, uh, verses 10 through 11 says this. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. When goods increase, they increase to those who eat them. So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? When I was reading the scripture, I said, whoo, I said, pastor, uh, Lord, you're getting deep on me here when I read that. But it, it boiled down to the fact that they were doing what the Wendells were doing. They were building up all this stuff. And their enjoyment was to be able to look out and see it each and every day, what they had been blessed with. And that's not our goal as Christians, is to build it up and look out, you know, like the guy with the eyes, you know, and be able to see it. He wanted to build his bigger barn so he could put it in there and he could always walk out there and see all of that that he'd been blessed with. That's not our goal. Um, our goal is not to hoard things. We don't want to be a hoarder in that fashion, okay? Hoard up some love, hoard up some wisdom, you know, hoard up some humility, but we don't want to hoard up things, money and resources, and never want to give them out. Okay? All right. Praise the Lord. Enough said. 
Uh, financial freedom is a decision and a discipline. So we talked about it being a discipline, but it's also a decision. And I'm a firm believer that in, our, in this life, from the day you were born to the day the Lord carries you home, if you know Jesus, life is about making decisions. And some of the decisions we make are good, and some of the decisions we make are not very good. Okay? But truly, each of us in this room will make a decision about something today. What to eat, maybe. We like to eat, especially after church on Sunday. You know? Even in COVID, we still like to eat. Praise God. Um, but your life is about making decisions. So also keep in mind that you must follow a plan. You must have a plan. You must have some kind of plan um, about your funds and your resources. Okay. Uh, again, no condemnation. Okay. But I, I'm a firm believer that you should make a budget, even though Mrs. Carter would tell you sometimes I forget that I made it and it's sitting in the drawer and Many days have passed and I haven't reviewed it again. <laughs> Bless God. <laughs> but a budget is, is just essential, okay? Whatever, however you say that budget uh, plan, whatever, uh, it's, really, it's really essential, okay? So that you can, you know, again, how do you know where you're going if you don't know where you are? You know, it's kind of hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you are. So, uh, and how can you truly count the cost if you don't uh, have a way of doing that? Uh, I will also, since I have this opportunity, say that if you, as a Christian, do make a budget, make sure <laughs> that your giving is at the top of your budget when you look at the things that you give money to uh, in a given month. Make sure that the giving is at the top that means tithe and offering at the top and not at the bottom. Again, there's been many times in my life, thank God, not now. Thank, God, thank you, Lord. But there was many times in my life when I took care of every, all the other business first. And then I said, well, what do I have left? Oh, okay. So don't want to go in too deep, but I know you hear me, church. I know you hear me. You've been listening to Brother Carter all many, many, many years in one way or another. And so I'm just telling you in love, you got to take care of the Lord first. It makes it so much easier, okay? Take, you know, take that Timothy, give it to the Lord. It's his. It's not, it's not yours. It's his. And then use that 90% to do what else you got to do, okay? I had to say that to you. Praise God. God is good. All right. All right, couple, and, we're, and we're getting ready to finish up. Scriptural facts about financing. Clearly, number one, clear, <laughs> Scripture clearly states you cannot take your possessions with you. Okay, we know that. Okay, you cannot. Um, scripture tells you. Ecclesiastes 5, 15 through 16. As, as he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came. And he shall take nothing from his labor which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a severe evil. Just exactly, as he, just exactly as he came, so shall he go. And what profit has he who has labored for the wind? <laughs> as Ecclesiastes. And, of course, my favorite one is First Timothy 6-7, which you all know. But we brought nothing in this world, and it's certain we will carry nothing out. That is an absolute fact, my brothers and sisters, and you all know that. Um, so, so since we 
came with nothing and we're leaving with nothing, even though really, you know, spiritually, boy, you live, if you love Jesus, you live, you live with a boatload, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah, if you love Jesus, you know, but everything else between your birth and your death, those are things that God gave you to be used down here and given to others. And I know that all of you who have um, children hopefully will want to leave them a little something, something, as Brother Bridgewater's always tell me, a little something, something. You know, we'll leave a little something, something to them, okay? Uh, praise God. Number two, Scripture clearly states you, you can know who you serve by how you use your money. You know, again, we're just talking basic, basic Bible here, okay? Uh, Luke 16, 13 says, no, no servant can serve two masters, for either you will hate, this, hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. How many times have we read that scripture, saints of God? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've read that scripture many, 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 many times. Amen. So it just helps me by the Spirit's edging to realize I cannot put anything ahead of my God. Nothing. Nothing. It's not worth it, number one, ahead of my God. Number three, scripture, scripture clearly states that greed, greed, is a life destroyer. Sorry, guys, if that's me. Um, scripture clearly states that greed is a life destroyer. Isaiah 56, 11 says this. Yes, they are greedy dogs which never have enough, and they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain from his own territory. Almost make me think about the time of living in Judges. Everybody did what they felt was good in their own eyes. Okay? And as Christians today, that cannot be us. Okay? Cannot be. We love the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. Okay? So we can't be a greedy dog. We don't want to be greedy in any form or fashion. Okay? Young people, same thing goes for you. Don't be greedy. Amen. Don't be greedy. Scripture clearly states that God expects you to handle your money wisely, okay? And that's what we've been talking about the whole time. God expects you to, okay? Uh, when you read the story about the, the men who received the talents from uh, their owner, uh, again, read that many times. That's Matthew chapter 25. Uh, you realize the fact that God expects you to, he expects you to handle your money properly, okay? Proverbs 10.5, I believe you have that one. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. What, what are we saying here? Take advantage of every opportunity that you have. Make preparations now. Don't wait until, boom, it's right on top of you. Because then it's really too late. You need to make plans now. Okay. One of my favorite, one of the favorite quotes is, I was looking at this lesson that, I received from pastor um, was Will Rogers. Isn't that wonderful? If you find yourself in a hole, the first thing to do is stop digging. <laughs> I love that. I, I just love that. <laughs> you know, throw that shovel out of your hand. You know, stop digging. Call on if you find yourself in a hole. Lord, get me out of here. Praise God. I know you can. Send somebody by, Lord, whatever the case may be. But uh, stop digging yourself further and further 
in a hole. Uh, and one of the ways we do that really is when we use our lips. You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, this ain't gonna ever happen. You know, look what, look at her, look at her. I mean, she got a good job, you know what I mean? And why ain't nobody hiring me, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, that ain't gonna get you anyway. Believe me, how do I know that? I've tried it. It did not work, okay? This card didn't have to slap me, but it did not work, okay? It did not work. So, again, um, praise God. All right. Um, and again, Scripture clearly states you are responsible for all your decisions. And here's a couple, here's six wrong thinking things, okay? These are things that, uh, you know, wrong thinking. Anybody ever thought wrongly before, okay? Um, but, and these are all about money. All right, put yourself in each position. You're counting on a raise to break even. Oh, yeah, if I just get that raise, you know, I mean, you've already spent the money. So you're counting on the raise. That's what I'm saying. You just spent the money. You already made the plans for it and everything, and everything is ready. We're just waiting for the raise. Well, not a wise thing to do, right? Putting off saving or paying off debts until a better day. You know, I'm retired, so I can say, okay, I didn't get this project done today, Eldon, so I'll get it done tomorrow because I know, you know, I'm retired, so I can get to it. Well, that's, that's okay. But when it comes to putting off paying those debts or saving money, you know, do not put it off. Do that now, okay? Don't wait. I hope mom and dad leave me a nice inheritance. That's great if they do, but just don't be hoping on it. In other words, already making plans for the money before you have it. Because you're not even guaranteed that you might leave here before mom and dad. All right. Catch yourself thinking about get quick schemes. <laughs> Those get rich, get rich quick schemes. I think, they, I think that speaks for itself, okay? I don't, doesn't need any explanation from me. This one was hard for me. <laughs> I know Mrs. Carter, she's down there laughing. And I'm in church, folks. I'm in church. I'm one of your elders. I love the Lord. Play the lottery secretly, pledging to give lots to God if he would just bless you. Yeah. Got it. And, and the key when I was reading this, it's not that, you know, and again, I hope you don't kick me out of church. It's, it's not like I, that playing the lottery is a sin. But, you know, I thought about the fact that if I would buy that ticket or whatever the case be, I'm looking to see who's, you know, is somebody coming in, in the door? Um, you know, I'm kind of looking, you know, I get, I get in my car, I'm, I'm looking at who's around when I get out of my car, going to the store, doing the same thing, you know, you know, and Sister Carter don't know it, I'm stuck sticking it in the extra bag or on me somewhere where she don't see it, you know. Uh, come on. The Lord took care of me. Praise God. Lord, I got it. <laughs> I'm done. Praise God. That was one of those the Lord just, he took care of it for me. And really, he took care of me when I got this lesson. Okay? I still was thinking wrongly until I read this and the Lord made sure it was, it just popped off the page at me. So, again, 
thinking transparently to you guys. Or another thing is someone else will take care of me. You know, you, you go through life thinking that um, you can do whatever and somebody else is going to, you know, pay your bills for you. Uh, maybe, uh, is it okay to use that word sugar daddy or sugar mama or whatever? You know, some people know who those are and some people don't. But uh, praise God, you know, I, again, I didn't mean to offend anybody if I did. But, um, you know, you think somebody else is going to take care of you. Well, no. Bad thought. Bad thought. You should never think that somebody else is going to take care of you so you can kind of lay around and enjoy life and kick back and, you know, get in your easy chair and, you know, say remote, come to hand, you know, and all those things. No. Okay. You must change your thinking about your situation. Wishful thinking, fantasizing, procrastination will cost you big time. Longing for more money is empty whining unless you shift your priorities. No one else is going to get your financial house in order but you. It's up to you, and the time is now. That's for somebody out there. Uh, scripture clearly states we should plan with difficulties in mind. Why should we plan with difficulties in mind? Because you don't know what next day is going to bring. You know, we know that the scripture talks about the fact there's enough trouble in tomorrow, so don't, don't be concerned about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself and the trouble that it has, okay? Um, but you don't know what's going to happen. So um, difficulties do come. And that's where preparation and honoring the Lord really helps you with those things. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. That's Proverbs 22, 3. So one thing is certain. One thing. Life is uncertain. That's, the, that's what is... Life is certain. It wasn't raining. Yeah, I think that's up on the screen, right? <laughs> it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark, okay? But, you know, God spoke to him because he was a righteous man. God spoke to him, and being the type of righteous man that God knew he was, Noah, Noah got busy. He didn't question the Lord. You know, he had never seen rain. Hadn't even seen rain, you know. But he took what the Lord said, and he built that ark. And we know the end of the story. He built the ark and he was saved. Okay. So in closing, here we are, in closing, trust God to be a channel of blessings to you for the sake of others. Trust God to be a channel of blessings to you for the sake of others. In other words, as the Lord blesses you, you know, channel it and be a blessing to others. Don't, and here's a, here's a I, I got this one from somebody, and I thought it would be great to pass it on to you. It says, don't use all your health to chase after wealth. In other words, don't use all your health to chase after wealth. Why? Only to later spend all your wealth to get your health back. So it's better to not do that, okay? Uh, and again, John 3. One, or third John, one, two says this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as Brother Eldon said last week. Just as your soul prospers. That's how the Lord wants you to, to be blessed. Okay? That you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So be wise, Life Church, and manage your God-given resources well because the Lord knows you can do it. 